A poem is a small machine made of words. William Carlos Williams. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, exploring the poetry scene of Central Canada and beyond with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak. Bad Books was founded as an offshoot of Bad News magazine in 2018 by Fawn Parker, Thomas Molander, and Sandy Spink. We publish new and exciting poetry and prose, taking an intimate, team-based approach in a process that gives the author as much creative freedom as possible. Releases happen sporadically, and all work is solicited from Bad News contributors. Welcome to episode... 39 or so of the Small Machine Talks. I'm A.M. Kozak and I'm writing solo today uh, in my attic in Little Italy and I'm here with uh, two amazing people, um, very synchronous with their, their speaking, Fawn Parker and Thomas Molander of Bad Books slash Bad Nudes and all sorts of other bad decisions. Um, <laughs> they are reading their own bios now. Uh, maybe you should go ahead and introduce yourselves in paragraph form. So I'm Fawn Parker, and I'm going to read Thomas Molander's bio. Thomas Molander is from a town called Comox on Vancouver Island, but lives in Montreal, where he's pursuing an MA in English and Creative Writing at Concordia University. He's a co-founder and fiction editor at Bad Nudes and Bad Books, and a fiction editor for Headlight Anthology. Before that, he was a fiction editor at Soliloquies Anthology and an intern for Mizanov Magazine. He's finishing a novel about food delivery, and his short fiction has appeared in places like Cosmonauts Avenue, Queen Mob's Tea House, Metatron's Omega blog, and elsewhere. He was the 2018 recipient of the Gabriel Safdie Award for Fiction. He plays drums in the bands DBPS and Christian North. Next week, he's singing in a Kinks cover band. His last five haircuts have been performed by Fawn Parker, and she bleached his hair once and dyed it another time. Right now, his hair is short and brown. Fawn Parker is a writer and editor based in Toronto and Montreal. She has been editing poetry and prose for web and print journals for a number of years, including publications such as The Puritan, Soliloquies Anthology, and The Void. In 2016, Fawn founded Bad Nudes Magazine with Thomas Melander and Sandy Spink, and they have since launched the sister press, Bad Books, where Fawn works as a co-publisher, poetry editor, and managing editor. Fawn's poetry and prose have been published in The Puritan, Joyland, Plenitude, and elsewhere. Her novel Set Point is forthcoming with ARP Books in fall 2019. She's a current MA candidate in the field of creative writing at the University of Toronto and the recipient of the Irving Layton Award for Fiction in 2017 and the Avi Bennett Emerging Writers Scholarship in 2018. Thanks. Wow, those were two of the longest bios I've ever heard. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if the haircut stuff was necessary, but I appreciate the uh, personal touch. Thanks. Oh, it's Christian, like the name Christian, not like Christian, like the band you're in, mm -hmm. not like not like Jesus. Christian. Oh no, it's just the guy's name. That's his real name. Oh, you're in a name. You're in a band named after a guy. Yeah, well, he's in the band. Yeah. That's oh, kind of. How <laughs> come you didn't get the name after <laughs> that you? That happens quite a bit, though. It's kind of sad. <laughs> well, I, I just joined last week. Oh, uh, well, maybe eventually it'll be the Thomas Molander band. Yeah, just got to make your mark on it. Uh -huh. All right, so uh, enough uh, enough small talk. Let's get into the get into the details. <laughs> Uh, I'm very interested to know what made you guys start Bad Nudes. Follow-up question, why, why Bad Nudes the name? I think that those questions go hand in hand. Oh, perfect. In that we wanted to start a project with that name 
because Thomas had come up with it. I think we were either going to start a band or a magazine, and Bad News was the name that he wanted to use as a play on the phrase Bad News. Um, and we were in Vancouver visiting his family, and we decided to start the magazine. I was really ill, and so he would go out and do things with his family, and I would stay in and, and work on the initial website, which was a piece of crap. And this was before Sandy was helping us. Um, and then later Sandy came in and, and fixed it and became the, the design genius. Yeah, it was really at that time when we were on vacation, we were very bored and didn't have that much to do. And then we just thought of making a big project. And it all just kind of came together without us thinking about it too much. And it was like a like a love thing. Like we just started, we'd been going out for like, like six months. Like you were months. in love? Yeah, we were, okay. <laughs> we, were in love. we were in love. And I think it was one of those things where you're like, I want to talk about the future without asking you if you want to be with me. So let's start this project. project and then be like, well, okay, but what happens with the magazine in two years? And you're being like, will you want to marry me ever? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that came up? No, it okay. didn't. It's in your head? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm still not sure why the name Bad News you're so fixated on. Mm -hmm. um, is there Was there anything about nudes or bad? or? Because I remember you guys first followed me on Twitter, which is how I first knew who you were. We followed you before you followed us. Yes, okay. I did. Yes, I absolutely, you absolutely did. Okay. And I was I'm like, good. what is this? I thought it was spam. And I was like, I don't want this porn following me. <laughs> but uh, I think I, before I managed to unfollow you, I think I saw a literary related post. I was like, oh, it's... A magazine that's seems like a bad choice of a name yeah um and but yeah and that was how i discovered uh discovered your magazine yeah that has happened i think like we have missed out maybe on some opportunities because mm -hmm. we like email venues that we want to book or like like oh, uh, we, yeah. we would try to like promote the magazine through concordia at the beginning and get try to get added to the like the mailing list of events mm -hmm. and i think it just went right to the spam folder or something like that because they yeah. never acknowledged us but um i think the name it started out as kind of a joke, but there is something, I guess, like personal and revealing and like intimate about sending someone a nude. Like, and maybe it's kind of a similar feeling to when you've worked really hard on a poem or a short story and then you think, okay, I'm going to send this to this magazine. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like something related in that kind of exposure or something like that, yeah. of putting yourself out there. So okay. there, there does it seem to be a common theme. Yeah, I think you can read into it in that way, and that's becoming true over time. Um, and I think it's also using irreverence as a defense mechanism is probably a big part of us personally as people, and then I think that that comes through in the work and, and what we like to showcase in the magazine. So I think that it did begin as a joke, but now I do feel that there's more going on with that as a name. Have you thought about using a different email address to email venues who don't know who you are so they don't? I do that, you? yeah. <laughs> now when I when I book venues or when Tom does, we use our, I at least use my personal email okay. and say I work for a magazine called as opposed to emailing from Bad Nudes. Right, yeah. Just to get that initial contact, yeah. Cool, okay. All right, good. Glad to clear up the, the name origin. <laughs> mm. um, so we started at the beginning and let's jump right into what's next. What's the future hold for Bad Nudes? Or bad books or other bad things. We've kind of been floating the idea of taking a bit of a break. I think that's crazy. <laughs> announcement. Yeah, I mean, it's not an announcement. It's not really in the works uh, so far, but it has been busy. We both just started our master's degrees. 
Um, you your master's too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. It was in my bio. I don't know if you heard. I don't know if you were listening. <laughs> I guess I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, MA in English. Yeah, you are. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. But I think once we once once we do a big push like with uh, Jordan's book, it always feels a lot easier than it it does when you're in the middle of it. So at this point, I don't feel like we're gearing up to take a break or anything. But there are moments. Yeah. We've been talking about doing an anthology. That's like the next thing that we're kind of excited about is to kind of like uh, pick through all the people that we've ever published. Mm-hmm. Because okay. then we've had, I think, eight issues yeah, or nine issues or something like that. Issue. So just like such a wide range of people that have been published. So we yeah. want to put out maybe a book with like yeah. our favorite. And it's a good next bad books project too, to like mm-hmm. to reinforce that these are connected things. I think that with um, the press so far, some people know about the press and some people know about the magazine and obviously more the magazine, but I think that it'll bring together the audience who might not know about one or both. Right. Huh. So eight issues, nine issues, an anthology. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. Because that's what it takes these days. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, exciting potential hiatus, potential anthology, potential um, thing that you're not aware of yet. Okay, cool. Um, one of the things that makes your publishing work unique, I think, is the interactivity and dismissal of genre boundaries. Mm. I'm going to, well, that's, that's my own opinion anyway. Okay. Is this a conscious choice that you try to put into action or does it just sort of happen? Or do you agree that any of this happens? I agree. I mean, when you say genre boundaries, do you mean with what we publish or in terms of how we present as a literary magazine? Both. I think that what you guys do very well is that the boundaries between the what you're publishing and your sort of persona or characterization as a magazine, it's all, there's like a whole joint concept mm. between all of it that seems almost like performative in yeah. some ways. Um, it seems to transcend just the, which is a really douchey word to be using, <laughs> but it seems to really, um, yeah, it, it kind of is more than just the poems that you're publishing. There's more going on there, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that that's really important for us as the masthead to think about because often what comes up in our meetings when we're talking about design is how to have our recognizable bad nudes design, but to still respect the work and not have a gimmick take the spotlight, Mm -hmm. especially with poems, because I think they're presented, they're often so much smaller than the prose pieces that they can get a little bit lost in the design and lost in the aesthetic. Mm. And I would hate for somebody to feel that their poem was smaller than the look of how it's presented on the page. So um, I think it's a conscious choice to do that and also a conscious choice to keep it at bay in terms of respect. Hmm, It's like almost like you're holding back as well. A little bit, because I mean, Sandy has so many amazing ideas as a designer and with just design, I think he could go anywhere. Mm. But when it comes to marrying it with the work that we're publishing, right. we do, I think, have to meet in the middle. So it's more like then it's it's a collaboration. It's a collaboration between you guys, the editors, the, the, the writers in the magazine, the designer, and all trying to put like your best foot forward and your personality forward, but not taking up too much space so that everyone, you know, has exactly. their own space. Because at the end of the day, we're just facilitating other people in having their work showcased. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the best way to get people to r- read the poems is to have eye-catching design or something like that. But then you, mm-hmm. it's just like such a balance between mm-hmm. just letting that become the whole thing and letting the 
the work gets swallowed up or something like that, yeah. Well, another thing that I think you guys do is yeah, eye-catching design, yes, but I think it's the drawing, the drawing people in mm. that you guys do very well. And even before you necessarily get to the design element, so whether it's a weird video that you're making or, or posts or whatever it is, once you have that initial sort of interest, that initial interest, then people go to the site, then they're interested in the design, and then, okay, I'm actually going to read the poems. Mm -hmm. Um, that's kind of in my my uh, my view my view of what you guys have been doing. Uh, you do put a lot of thought into social media or the types of promotion that you do, or is it just kind of like this is kind of how I like to be on social media, and it's just an extension of the of the magazine. I think with things like Twitter and Facebook, when we're doing our posts to promote issues and calls for submissions, it's intentional insofar as I don't post that way on my personal page, okay. and Tom doesn't either. I think there's become a voice of, that is bad news. I think probably at the beginning less so. Right, and right. It's, it's I mean, it's it's more aggressive and uh, loud. Yeah. Because I think it's it's the same as I think what we were saying about the name being a little bit irreverent, but as a way of hiding, I think having a loud presence is a way of like it's nerve wracking posting all the time on social yep. media and yep. trying to push your brand and even having a brand is a ridiculous concept. When you think about us as people, we're just yeah. a group of three friends. So I think um, that's become the voice is like, we know we're being annoying. So here, like, here's the most annoying thing we could say so that we're on the same level. Like, we get it. Yeah. In terms of like the different promotion things we do, I think that Fawn and I both like kind of want to do everything. Um, and so like, we'll like record uh, songs to promote the magazine or like try to do comedy or do little art things or all and it's like yeah. a way for us to focus things that we like but we're not that good at yeah like cool. into the marketing yeah. strategy. so it's like fulfilling for us in that way yeah yeah, yeah. it's fun yeah, so it's a way to experiment in the non-writing stuff while mm -hmm. also it's still being relevant to to your to your um, press. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. That sounds like fun. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Uh, no problem. Um, do you a similar type of question? Uh, do you guys have some sort of mission or goal with how you're publishing or what you're publishing? I think the three of us all have individual missions, which makes it very interesting and exciting to work together because we're constantly pushing things forward and we continue thinking about it on our own. So for me, my individual goal is that I want to create a magazine that isn't highbrow literary work, like a prairie fire or grain type of magazine, which is very valuable too. Um, and it's also not the most outlet, um, like, you know, 2010, I don't know when that peaked, but whenever I feel like I think that sometimes we can get put in that box and I don't necessarily in outlet, in outlet and, yeah. and, you know, like all lowercase poems and whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm an all lowercase poem I know, person. I didn't mean that, that as was... a personal attack. Um, but I think that there's a middle line where you're getting a cross section of really thoughtful, technically sound work that is a little bit edgy and it's pushing boundaries, but it's not existing only to push right there's still some substance there. exactly and i really like that balance and i like also grabbing from both ends of the spectrum mm -hmm. so as long as we're getting that range then i'm happy so would you say that is accessibility part of what you're talking about here because you're talking about not being 
highbrow lit. You're talking about not being just alt for alt's sake. Mm -hmm. Are you talking about just having engaging, accessible works that you're enjoying? Or is it a bit more? more yeah, I mean, in that avenue, I would say it's definitely important for me that someone who has never published feels comfortable sending work to us. Mm -hmm. And also that someone who has, is like no longer an emerging writer would still consider us as this kind of neutral zone where if you like our aesthetic and if you like our attitude, then you'd want to submit and be part of it. It's not so much about, I don't think that we're in the hierarchy of publishing. I think we're kind of outside of that where we get writers who obviously could publish elsewhere and somewhere much better and somewhere that pays. And we also get people who have never even written a poem before. It's just about like, do you fit into that bad nudes kind of energy? And so many people do. Often people will seem to send us maybe like their strangest poem or like a poem that's kind of like they think is vulgar or doesn't really fit with their other work. Because you're called bad news, man. <laughs> but it represents, I think, like a good opportunity for people to put like their oddball work mm -hmm. in a magazine or something like that. Do you like being that sort of magazine where people are wanting to or thinking they should be sending their odd pieces to? Um, yeah, I think so, yeah. I think there's like, there are a lot of literary magazines. There and are a lot of literary magazines yeah. and a lot of writers. Um, and about the same number of readers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That Venn diagram is just a circle. <laughs> So when I submit my work to literary magazines, there are like the ones that I would like to be published in because of like the prestige or something like that. And then there's also the ones that I would like to be published in because they're like the ones that I like to read and really yeah. re relate to. And I think that yeah. maybe bad nudes for people would feel like the latter. And I, mm -hmm. that's like a space that I would like to occupy. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. And I think we're also very accessible people. Like we did promo videos that we star in and write in their they're super dumb. And we also, in my opinion, launch physically much more than other magazines. Like we do four launches a year, plus yeah. sometimes other events. So we're always around. Everyone knows us. So I think that allows people to feel like they can email us and they're actually just emailing the two of us and it's a conversation and mm -hmm. it's funny. So I personally really like that about our vibe. Mm -hmm. Do you find that being out and about so much has... Um, grown your, I'm sure the answer is yes, grown your social network and grown like your relationships and definitely and allowed you to meet more people. And Oh yeah. I think all of my current social circle is through the literary community and my positioning is pretty much as the editor of Bad News often with people that I don't know. I'll be right. introduced that way, which is always surprising every time it happens oh, yeah? that anyone's heard of the magazine. Mm -hmm. Is that also your social positioning, Thomas? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like so many of my friends and the people that I like are people that were published in the, mm -hmm. the magazine. Yeah, I don't have anything insightful to say about that. Oh, that's okay. Maybe you'll have something insightful to say to the next one. <laughs> um, what relationship does your own writing have with bad books? And do you find it? Do you find it has to take a step back seat? Back seat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wrote it take right, but I'm reading seat. it wrong. Okay. 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 So you find it has to take a back seat to your publishing or community building. So the question again is, what's the relationship between your writing and uh, the publishing? And do you find your writing has to take a back seat when you're focusing, you know, four launches a year and traveling and all this and that with your mm -hmm. publishing? I think, uh, like, the editing aspect, like selecting work and reading submissions and stuff, that's just, like, guaranteed to make you better at writing. Like to yeah. think about what's working in stories and to yeah. think about editing stories and stuff like that. 
So even though it does like take time away from the writing I'm able to do, it's like really strengthening like the sense about stories I have or something like that. So it's, it kind of feels like working on writing, still working on the magazine. Yes. And the same way that like having readings, like seeing people read, yeah. mm -hmm. um, like just interacting with and talking to other writers. It, it, it's not directly writing, but it feels like part of writing. You're immersing yourself in different aspects of, of the writing process, thinking critically about mm -hmm. it, reading, seeing people perform, socializing. Okay. Mm -hmm. But there also are like mundane aspects of it, like uh, that probably t just do take away from writing time, like doing yeah. social media posts and like sitting on buses mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But that's like a trade-off that I'm willing to make for sure. Yeah. How about you? Insight? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that in terms of the relationship between my own writing and publishing bad books, there's actually not a lot of crossover. I feel like those things are very separate for me. Maybe with my poetry, things have been affected. I remember when I was editing J.C. Bouchard's book, um, Let This Be the End of Me. I had never considered, I'm not really a poet, but I never considered how a poem looks on the page, mimicking how a poem is read by the poet. And I... I think that's true about J.C., that he writes these poems that are these big blocks in the middle of the page that are center-justified, and they're often in couplets, or they're just one uh, single-space block. And that's almost how he reads them. Like just he, It's like a punch. Yeah. And I loved that so much that I found myself considering that in my own work, and I think that improved my poetry mm -hmm. so much, just having that realization about what he was doing. Um, but... Similarly, I also don't feel my work taking a backseat. I think that it, it really just keeps me excited to do different tasks and different projects. And helping other people publish is one of the most exciting parts of being involved in the community. So I think that can only help my own writing. Mm -hmm. I think it comes back to what you guys are saying to what we are talking about earlier in terms of just all these different aspects of bad nudes. And whether it's your writing and your, your editing and your promotion mm -hmm. is all just... It's part of you. It's mm -hmm. part of your personality. It's 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 just part of your you know, your your characters. Yeah. Um, how is so recently? You guys are uh, you moved to Toronto, Fawn? Yeah. Um, the the evil city of, of concrete. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, so how has being in different cities affected bad nudes slash bad books? Because Thomas is still in Montreal. Yeah. It's a little bit harder to schedule things and keep on top. But it happened at the exact same time as us breaking up, which I won't go into. I know I, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> Well, we weren't supposed to talk about this. I know, this. but it's so necessary. All right, talk about it. Because that affected it more. You're changing positions. <laughs> changing I'm positions. Sorry. I'm getting more defensive. <laughs> You're ready to okay, get I can stop there. No, 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 please go ahead. This makes, I think that, people love this type of stuff. I know. Yeah. It's not dramatic, though. We're very close. It's just that... I think what affected our work on the press more was the breakup than the city change. Makes sense. However, both did not do much damage. I think that we we talk about it daily and the work has not slowed down. And I think that our working relationship has always been very strong and continues to be very strong, just as our emotional relationship has. So I would say that being in different cities mainly affects the ease of being able to sit down and work on something together or do promo or go to the go to bookstores together. But mm -hmm. otherwise, it's always been very online because Sandy's always been long right. distance. And so that, I think, helped us having one team member living remotely or working remotely um, 
we were already in a rhythm like that. Okay. What do you think of all this, Thomas? It, yeah, it's different now being in different um, cities because we used to just be kind of working on it like ambiently mm -hmm. all the time around the apartment or something like that. It was like we were never not working on it kind of. Like your apartment was bad nudes. Exactly. Kind of. It was, it was HQ. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, but so now we have to be more deliberate. We have to make mm -hmm. more plans and be more focused. Which I think like helps. Yeah. I, I think, think we have these bursts now. Yeah. It's good overall, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Okay. Would you recommend uh, to any presses that they should move cities or break up? Or <laughs> yeah, they, I would say all that presses should break they, up. I, of course, you're joking, but that if they do experience a regional change, that that's not a reason to end a project, mm -hmm. especially in 2018. Yeah. And also, yeah, like going to events and meeting writers and stuff. That's can, true, actually. We can cover twice as yeah. much ground. That's kind true. Of, so that's nice also. Yeah, I was talking actually to um, somebody who, one of the faculty members at the University of Toronto, who was talking about how the Puritan, the two founders, um, Tyler Willis and Spencer Gordon, passed down the magazine to somebody else. It's uh, Andre Forge now. Mm -hmm. And how important that is of keeping something alive in that way, as opposed to yeah. saying like, okay, yeah. we're done, it's so over. Awesome. And yeah. I think that that's something that is really nice about this community is that people do want things to continue and they do like tradition and routine. And mm -hmm. so in my opinion, there's nothing that could stop us from working as long as we're excited about it. And even mm -hmm. if we weren't, I would just want someone else to do it too. It's what? actually kind of something that we like fantasized about in the very early days of Bad Nudes was getting it into this nice up and running machine mm -hmm. and then like finding some new younger people yeah, to take it youth. over. <laughs> just, just to like build a ship <laughs> and or then an older person, person. And you never know. Or an older person, yeah. yeah. For sure. That, uh, one of my proudest or favorite moments of my literary past which is you know i'm getting i'm getting up in years too it's been a little while now Aaron's with, 29 yes i'm 29 he's been stretching all day <laughs> <laughs> uh it's uh when i was in when i was like 21 or 20 i was 20 i started i co-started a literary series at university of ottawa called blue mondays and it has now been running for nine years eight years oh nice so, uh, so, and they, they built a new structure, like a new venue that it was, used to be hosted in and then it moved to this new venue and the venue thought so much of the series that it, they have a mural in their, in their, in their downstairs when they have a mural of Blue Mondays, wow. which is really cool. cool. Yeah. And that's one of those, and it's, yeah, it lives on and it's like, wow, I like helped create something that probably very few people have any know that I was a part of, but it mm -hmm. still exists in this community space and is, is a lot of people's first introduction to poetry. So if you guys do the same thing with bad nudes, like, I would, I would recommend it. <laughs> um, okay, uh, enough about me. Uh, <laughs> about you? We can talk about you. No, 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 no. I don't want to talk about myself on this podcast. So, uh, yes, one of the things that really sticks out about bad nudes is its design. How did you find Sandy, and what does he bring to the table? Um, me and Sandy went to uh, high school together. Oh, okay. So it was easy for you to find him. <laughs> he was, he, he, I just saw yeah. him in the hall. Yeah. Uh, in, in Comox, this tiny town. And then uh, he was my first roommate in Montreal. Oh, you guys moved to Montreal together? Mm-hmm. Cool. He moved here before. He did like a design, like web design stuff at Concordia. And then just got real good at making websites. And then he moved yeah. to London for a couple <laughs> years and did design there. And now he's doing it in Toronto. Um, I think that what he brings to the table is so massive which is evident in that he's the first thing people talk about and yeah. and the design is the first compliment that we get. And to be that large of a presence 
in a literary magazine yeah. is like that's even bigger than it seems because yep. he carries all of this weight and he's not even doing the editorial decisions. He's not editing the work. He's not selecting it. He's not, you know, he's not interacting with the writers himself or he is a little bit sometimes, but the majority of his work is alone with the back end of the site. <laughs> so that made me laugh. <laughs> what you said back end back end oh my god Fonz 24 I just thought about the phrase alone with the back end <laughs> um, and and so I think that that really speaks to his talent and his brain and so I think without Sandy taking into consideration everything I just said about bad nudes living on I don't think it could without Sandy unless he found a protege designer yeah doesn't exist. Well, it, it'll be different, but it might, you know. There's, there's other good designers. And I'm, I know I'm, there's other good designers. And I think that if there was a, maybe there should be some sort of literary design award. If there was, There I is. Think. The National Magazine Awards has one. Did and I really it? want Sandy. No, I I would love for him to win it. Oh. We're going to keep nominating him. Yeah, we'll keep nominating. I think the people that win have pretty huge budgets and stuff They're like bigger magazines, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Well, we got to infiltrate the judging system. Mm. And then find someone to be on the committee, and then yeah. maybe you can win. Okay. All right. That's uh, <laughs> some next steps Good. after this interview. Um, what's the best part of putting together bad nudes? I would say the best part. You're going to do best, and I'm going to do worst. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. Okay. I'll say can I do top three? Yeah, you can do whatever you okay. want. Okay. My top three are reading the work, is uh. my. Of course you're going to say that. No, I mean it. And <laughs> okay. I'll even tell you, I used to hate it. Yeah. It was exhausting, and I I was never happy with it. And that was like a me problem. And now I love it more than anything, and I find so much good work, which I think Thomas can attest to. Like I find too much good work, mm -hmm. and I have to only choose a selection. Um, I think it's all about where your brain's at. And if you're ready to find exciting work, it's there. Mm -hmm. And people are writing it every day. So that's what that's the best part. I love sending out acceptances and the launches are really important to me. I think meeting people who like the magazine and submit to it and read it is the is also one of the best parts. Worst part, Thomas? <laughs> um, I get real nervous at the launches. So for me the launches are, are you hosting like, tonight? Uh, I'll probably do half of the hosting tonight. Cool. Yeah, so you'll see me stressed out. So I do like the launches are important to me also. And I generally always have a good time, but I will just like get too drunk mm -hmm. and uh, act foolish because I get real nervous. Can I tell a story about the first one? Yes. You okay? Thomas got so hammered and everyone was leaving. I don't remember what, I think it was an Alex Cameron song was on. The one like, it's just water. Mm -hmm. um, and you were singing into a carrot, like these huge, like organic carrots at like a microphone. And like pointing it at the people who were leaving, <laughs> and then like ten minutes after everyone left, you just puked. And we lived in that loft with the, so we were yeah. up on the loft bed, yeah. and you were puking in the loft bed. <laughs> and I was like, it was such a successful night, and that was just like <laughs> capping it all off. What, was the one that I went to? Was that the second one? And was it February? February twenty seventeen. Yes. You went to that was the second one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I also got too drunk at that launch. That was when I met you, I believe. Yeah, I met both of you there yeah. and I went to your house. That's when people were smoking the joint with the nail glue and stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What? There was, was the that joint? was a different one. No, that was the same one. Oh, okay. What so I there was everyone really wanted to smoke weed. Yeah. And for some reason nobody had it except I won't name anyone. 
else. There was one person who had it, but she was like, um, I just had this weed and no papers and no one had a pipe. It was like this weird dry night. And so I was like, well, I have, I think it was printer paper, like a piece of A4 paper that I tore up and I had nail glue. I just put on fake nails. Oh, and you glued the paper. And I was like, I'm not smoking this joint, but I will make this for you if you want to smoke this. And they were all like, yeah, of course. It was a group of like four or five people. And they all smoked this joint and got so fucked up. Yeah, they started like, losing their One girl just got so upset. I don't know. You, anyway. Was that your house It afterwards? was in my apartment, yeah. That night. That night. Was I one of those four people? No, you weren't. <laughs> Are you sure? Because I remember smoking that night. <laughs> I, remember, I remember sitting six of someone who I won't name. And they passed it to me, and I was. It might have been you, man. Yeah, I was um, very trash that day. Yeah, <laughs> it really fucked people up. I smoked glue. But yeah, everyone tells glue. that story yeah. as the time Fawn made us smoke nail glue, and like <laughs> I remember saying, "I will not smoke this," and like I'll just do this. But oh anyway, God. I take full credit. I'm sorry, everybody. Wow, that puts that night in a new perspective for me. Yeah, that was the first time we met you, I guess. We hadn't even really talked before that. I yeah. think there was no. you came from Ottawa. Yeah, yeah I drove yeah, from Ottawa. Yeah, it was Ottawa. nice of you to come. I was looking for an excuse to go to Ottawa. And you had a lot of good readers. You had a lot of great readers that mm-hmm. night. It was a good lineup. Yeah. It was a good lineup. Um, it was uh, It was like JC, JM. Um, Ashley. Ashley. Julie Benel, Sophia Banzaf. Yeah, she's really good. She was really good. Um, and a bunch of other people. Now we're going to forget a few people. Well, just some Montreal people that, uh, like Esme Pine read. Yeah, um, she was good too, I think. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, so my last thing is some rapid fire oh, questions. Oh, sorry, Andre oh. Babin also. I oh, yeah. Hey, it's yeah. the first time we met Andre Babin. <laughs> I forget was because it? he read so many times for us. Was it? First time it was the first time I met him. It you, was, you met him. I had met him prior, but it very recently, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, Aaron. Okay. I just didn't want to leave out the bab. No, okay. He's interested in hearing about the bab. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he's a, I like him a lot. He's yeah, a really he's good fantastic. guy and he's a good writer. And yeah, for sure. He's a good guy, good writer. Great. That's all you need, yeah. yeah. That was the first time we met JC. That was the first time we met Really? No, that, I'd met JC before. It, it was my first that time. That was the first time I met JM. Wow. And they stayed... They stayed at our place that night. On a... On an air mattress. That completely lost all of its <laughs> yeah. air. Yeah. Well, that was a lot of night of first meetings. That's yeah, uh, sure. it was, it was a night that, yeah. And you were there? That's beautiful. Chris yeah. Johnson came out. I yeah. felt awful. I didn't ask him to read because I didn't know him. Yeah, he was in an issue of yours. Yeah. No, came. I know, but I knew the other guys through the Puritan. I'd edited them. Oh, I see. And I didn't realize he was part of this kind of tightly knit circle of friends. Yes, yeah, so he invited all his friends to read. I know, and he and, came. And he came. It was, and then it was he bad. didn't invite him to read, even though he was actually in your magazine. We would have loved to. They were in it also. I know, but he was also in it. Look, man. Our <laughs> <laughs> second issue. Come on. I'm just talking yeah, facts. Yeah, we were here. still working out the kinks. I'm just talking the facts. Maybe in like 15 years, someone will like write a history of canned publishing and they'll talk about the second bad news launch where he made us all smoke glue. Yeah. I can maybe I'll maybe that'll be my contribution. <laughs> All right, some rapid fire questions at the end. Um, before, well, before we get to that, is there something that you're dying to say, or is something important about bad news you're writing, or Ottawa, or Toronto, or Montreal, or Canada, or hmm. pot legalization, or Clicking Into Place by Jordan Moffat by Clicking now. Into Place by Jordan Moffat is the best collection of fiction in 2018. It's fantastic. It's funny. I love it. I wanted it since before I knew what it was. I <laughs> what? I asked Jordan at Bad Nudes 2.3 if we could have a book of his, and I meant it so much that now here we are. Here we are. Um, when was your last haircut, Thomas? 
Um, well, you cut it. When was that? Mm-hmm. Uh, six months ago or something. Like that. That's quite a while. Yeah, it was blonde. Yeah. Mm. Now I'm going to go long style, I guess. Again. I'm going to have a, oh, a ponytail. The long style poets. Are you yeah. both in bands? Yep. Yeah. What do you do? You sing? No. You sing because she's a woman? because I'm a girl? No, because I saw a picture of you singing. There's no picture of me singing. I'm going to find this picture. <laughs> I don't sing, Aaron. Yeah. I she saw just, you just standing. Talks with her mouth wide I saw you standing without an instrument. Oh, I was at a Bad News launch hosting. Oh. Um, I'm in a band in Montreal called Dresser, which is a very fantastic band. In Montreal? In Montreal. Finn Dalbeth, Ryan Young, and Kevin White, and myself. I play bass. You play bass? Yes. Why'd you bring your bass? We could have all jammed. Oh. And um, in Toronto, I just started playing for a band called Jack Dump with JC Bouchard and Alex Hood. Oh, cool. Also fantastic also punk band. Bass. We're playing a show. Yes, I play bass on uh, December 5th at the Piston in Toronto. Please come. It'll be great. Hopefully this airs by then. Hopefully this airs by then. No, they're pretty quick. At or look up whoisjackdump.bandcamp.com. What about you? Play drums, one band? play drums in DBPS, play drums in Christian North, and I also have a, a solo uh, project that I'm oh. recording right now. It's called what? Nail School. Yeah, Nail School. What is it like? Um, it sounds kind of like uh, the Beach Boys or something like that. Is it, you, is it just pop. you singing? Um, and my friend Isaac <laughs> also okay. sings, and we both play all the instruments. Cool. They're really good. Cool. Yeah, I'm very interested in like sound and audio too, um, which is not obvious by my sound setup, <laughs> um, but it is by my um, passion. <laughs> yeah, your passion's palpable. Yeah, Passion I can feel it. I have some like ideas. I just, you know, I need that middle ground. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I had some ideas for rapid fire questions. I've forgotten all of them, oh. so I didn't write it down. And we don't really need to talk about them because no one really cares about any of those questions. I'm going to ask you. You give so, no more rapid fire. No, that was it. You have us here. You got us here. What? You got anything to ask us? Um, you've had a lot more tattoos since the last time I saw you. Like, how how when did this happen? Which one? I don't remember. No, I don't remember what tattoos you had before. <laughs> yeah, it'd be strange if you did. But I but I do know that there are more. I did a count recently, and I have, I think it's 34. What? I can only see, like, four. Well, you know, they're kind of spread out. Oh, I see. When you so, turn your arm. She has a big one on her back. I, rem- I think I remember this one. Yeah, that's an old one. I'll show you the one on my back. Okay. This doesn't help the listeners. Oh, no, he, he has to it. describe it. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. It's Jesus. It's like a woman with her doing like the the front splits yeah and she's wearing a bikini and it looks like she's holding onto palm trees and i think she's wearing a hat i can't tell because there's some like hair over it it's a sun oh there's a sun she's wearing a sun um her legs are are, oh she looks very flexible because her (laughs) right leg her feet are strange yeah i'm not really sure what's going on with her legs there um, is there birds? There's some birds. Yeah, it's quite a, quite a lot going on in that um, upper back tattoo. Thanks. Um, favorite city you've launched in? Ottawa. Ottawa. That's definitely not true. <laughs> you know what? It's Ottawa, though. Why? I mean that. Because of that launch we had at Nina Jane's house. You liked that launch? I loved that. It was so fun. Really? I loved the readers. I loved that I had the pleasure of reading out that poem. Um, what was that poem that I read out? Matthew it was Walsh's? Matthew mm. Walsh's poem, but it, it was called, I don't want to guess wrong. Um, anyway, I love that poem so much. I wish that he was there. And He's in Toronto now. Did you talk to him? Oh, no. 
Maybe oh. I'll look him up. Yeah, he's in Toronto. Um, but I, sure. afterwards, we sang a Weezer song. We sang King of Carrot Flowers. We sang, like, we had, like, a jam session where you were playing the bongos. I was? No, it was a djembe. Yeah. You were playing the guitar. Yeah. And Guillaume was singing? Guillaume was singing, I was singing. It was so much fun. I vaguely remember that. It was, so, yeah. it was like the most fun thing. So that was the best launch that we've had. Wow. Okay. Cool. Ottawa. 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 O-Town. Ottawa. All right. Um, thank you guys for joining us. This is a about a 40-minute podcast. That's a pretty good recording length, I think. Yeah. It's not too, too long. It's not too short. We got into some depth here. Yeah. Um, so... Always a pleasure to chat with you guys. I've been looking forward to interviewing you for a while and looking forward to seeing what comes out of bad nudes, bad books, and all the other things. Yeah, thanks very much for having us. God bless you. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Small Machine Talks with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak.